The Old Testament reading for today is from Jeremiah chapter 23. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who care for my people, you have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for, for your evil deeds, declares the Lord. Then I will gather the remnant of my flock out of the countries where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will set shepherds over them who will care for them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed. Neither shall any be missing, declares the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle lesson for today is from Ephesians chapter 2. Remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the sixth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, 
Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy something themselves to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. And he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. And, he sat, and they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And they, taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were five thousand men. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you this day from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So today in the gospel reading we get that well-known episode in the life of Jesus, right? The feeding of the 5,000. In fact, if we were really to think about that for a minute, there were 5,000 men plus the women, plus the children. So there was a little bigger crowd than just 5,000. In fact, if we were to really have planned out, imagine you were going to throw a gala for 5,000 people, and that 5,000 men showed up, plus their wives and children. Uh, things wouldn't be quite as you would have liked them to have been. Or just imagine if you had come to church here on Sunday and you were planning to take communion, but we only had two pieces of bread for all of you. Poor planning, right? But yet, God isn't measured by the amount of bread, is he? And his word is what gives us the filling for our lives. Today in that gospel reading, you know, Jesus and his disciples, they had been, you know, doing great works. Jesus had sent them out two by two, and they'd gone into towns and proclaimed the word. They'd healed the sick. And then they had come back together and had told Jesus about all that they had done. Sort of like when we send our children out to play, and a little later they come back in and tell us all that they had been doing. 
And we as parents, we listen, right? Even though we might have seen them what they were doing out our kitchen window the entire time, it's still good to hear their account and to allow them that opportunity to tell us, to share with us what had happened. So Jesus is patient. He knew what they had done. After all, he's God, right? So he knows what has happened in his name. But yet, they come and tell him all that they had done and taught. And he tells them, okay, folks, you've been busy. You've been doing the good works of the kingdom. Now it's time for some rest. So let's go to a desolate place. I don't know about you, but first off, I'm not sure if I'm wanting rest and relaxation. I'd choose a desolate place. A place, I mean, that's kind of like going out, I don't know, I can't even picture a place around here in Augusta that's desolate, okay? But just, you know, whatever that means to you, imagine that's where Jesus says, let's go. Let's go to the desolate place. Um, maybe in Augusta, our place would be, you know, where the old mall used to be, okay? That's a pretty desolate place, right? Just imagine, though, that that's where Jesus wants to take you after you've been working so hard for him and his kingdom. And he says, you know, we're going to go off and we're going to go to this desolate place where no one will know that we're there so that we can rest a while because they were so busy they didn't have time to eat. And so they jumped on the boat. They followed Jesus and went off to their desolate place. But you know, the people in need always find a way to follow. And those people that were in need of Jesus and the healing words that he had to share figured out where they were going and they were there when Jesus and his disciples arrived. So if it was here in Augusta and the old mall was the area of desolation, and Jesus and his disciples were heading off and going around, you know, Bobby Jones are going to come up the other way to that place. Well, all the people decided, we're going to cut down the other way and just head directly south, and we'll be there when they get there. So here they have this time that they gather together, and they see all these people. And these people are in need. People who have ill health, hurts and aches of their heart, that feel lost and abandoned. They have no trust in their nation. They have no trust in their officials. And they're looking for hope. They're looking for peace for their soul. So it doesn't even bother them that they've gone to a desolate place, that they hadn't planned their trip. And so there they are, and Jesus comes, and he has compassion on him, on them. You know, when we think of that word compassion, 
it kind of brings us into an understanding that compassion is to walk alongside of someone, to be touched by them in such a way that it prompts you to do something for them. To have compassion is to enter into a situation. And so Jesus has compassion upon them. And so he enters into that, and what does he do? He teaches. He began to teach them many things, probably telling them about God's plans, about how God was going to deliver his people, and how God had everything in hand. And they hung, I would imagine, on his every word. And now it's late in the day. And his disciples come to Jesus and say, well, Lord, you led us to this desolate place. There's no food and water. The hour's now late. We didn't plan for this huge crowd. So, Lord, send those people away. Get rid of them so we can have our time of rest. Well, that's not how Jesus operates, is it? To send away those who have come after him. Those whom he've had compassion on, he does not send away. And so he brings his disciples close. And he says, you know, you guys, you know, there's a whole big group of you. Why don't you find something for these people to eat? After all, I've been doing all the teaching here for a while. It's like, you know, delegation, right? Isn't that the form of leadership, right? So Jesus delegates to his disciples and says, you know, you get them something to eat. And you can just imagine after their jaws came back up from the floor that he would do such a thing. They're like going, but there's 5,000 men plus women and children, you know, even if we went into the closest villages and bought all the bread we could, we still wouldn't have enough, Lord. Even if we were to empty our treasury that we use to help the poor, we would not have enough. And Jesus then says, well, how many loaves do you have? You see, and he goes and says, go and see. You haven't even checked this out yet. For all you know, your knapsacks might be filled with bread. Well, they go and check, and they have five loaves and the two fish. Well, sometimes you and I, we run to God with our difficulties without knowing what we have in our bag, what our resources are. And I think that that's something, you know, Jesus tells his disciples, go and see how much bread, how much you know, food do you have for these people? And he does that and helps them understand that God hasn't left them without resources. They have five, fit, five loaves and two fish. They're not empty-handed. But to them, that is just one speck of all the food that they're going to need. 
So Jesus then commands them to have the groups all sit down. And notice I love the fact that it's green grass that they're sitting on. Kind of reminds me of Psalm 23 and the green pasture, right? And there is the shepherd with his sheep in the pasture, and he is going to provide for them. And so they sit down by groups of hundreds and fifties. Well, it's pretty, uh, pretty large tables to feed. But he doesn't have alarm. He takes the five loaves and the two fish. He looks up to heaven, says a blessing, breaks the loaves, gives them to his disciples to set before the people. And he does the same with the fish. And then they all start eating. And it isn't really until the very end of the meal that the disciples realize that something amazing has happened. That they all ate and were satisfied from five loaves and two fish. And then they took up the leftovers, which we all know we love leftovers. They had 12 baskets full of broken pieces of bread plus fish. Now, I don't know about you, but those loaves of bread and those two fish realistically must have been huge in order to feed that kind of a crowd. At least that's what our logical, sensical minds would try to tell us. Oh, well, you know, they had two fish, but they were the size of the blue whale. And, you know, you know, they had the world's largest loaves of bread, five of them. But now they had regular loaves of bread and regular fish. And yet God is able to multiply them so that they are satisfied and well-fed and that was even just 5,000 men and women and children. So what does that tell us today? That even when we see that we're short of things, that God can do wonders? What else does it tell us? It tells us that just like he could take five loaves and two fishes and feed 5,000 so he could die one time for the life of everyone. Because that is what God does for us. He comes in and, you know, it's not like that God is short of anything. But God has everything in abundance. And God has compassion on us. He doesn't give us just one bite, but rather gives us the whole meal. His word does that for us as it promises and provides for us. It strengthens our spiritual lives. It helps us in times of strife and famine. It helps us in times of true desperation. God's word fills us. 
And today, we may not number 5,000 here in this sanctuary, but yet God still comes to be among us. He still feeds us. And it's still just as miraculous as his feeding of the 5,000. Because after all, today we receive Holy Communion, right? And as we're receiving Holy Communion, we're receiving Christ himself. He comes to each and every one of us. Not by the size of the piece of bread, not by the amount of wine, but by the promise in his word. God still feeds his people today. And his people walk away satisfied because they have seen the Lord. So today, that is our foundation, isn't it? The foundation of God's word and his promise that he does have compassion on sinners like us, that he does still work through ordinary means to do the extraordinary things of his work and kingdom, that God continues to provide for us in our walks with him. And we may not have 12 pieces, well, 12 baskets of leftovers this morning, but let me tell you, when you leave here, you're gonna be satisfied because God has provided what you needed. And he will satisfy the hungry heart as his words of eternal life intersect with our lives. And his compassion comes to us. So this day, as we've looked at this story of Jesus, hopefully you're seeing an appreciation again of God's love and promise fulfilled as he takes care of those around him, as he stretches them in understanding what he can do, and as he rejoices in hearing about every moment of our day as we bring it back to him. After all, he loves to hear our voices. He loves to hear our stories of faith. And he loves to hear our appreciation for what he has done. After all, the disciples knew Something pretty marvelous had happened there that day. Because after all, five loaves and two fishes would not have gone that far. But with God, all things are possible. May you and I trust in such a God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guide our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.